Welcome to Tech Ed Tech, a podcast about educational technology and project-based learning in the classroom. I'm Mike. And I'm Dan, and we are here this week to talk about Microsoft education products. So let's get to it. So this week, I thought it'd be interesting to talk about Microsoft's learning tools or educational products that they offer and really dive into some of the specific products that Dan, you and I have worked with. We're not going to go into every single Microsoft product this week. This is probably going to be part one of an ongoing series, but we figured we'd pick two popular Microsoft learning tools and or programs and just kind of go through the pros and cons and give our thoughts on what's good, what's bad, maybe how to make it better and see where that takes us. I'm fairly new to this Microsoft environment, especially in terms of education. I mean, I, of course, like everyone else, I've used Microsoft Office products for most of my life, but uh, specifically uh, Microsoft Teams and Microsoft OneNote. We were, I guess, lucky enough to get some hand-me-down Microsoft Surfaces to use in our classroom, and we were told about this, um, oh, last summer, and uh, I kind of got dragged, maybe feet first, into the Microsoft environment. Uh, Mike, you're a little bit more familiar and a little bit more immersed in Microsoft products. I've been using Microsoft essentially all my life. Uh, that's been my chosen platform. I am actually a Microsoft certified innovative educator going through their online tutorials and programs. So I'm pretty familiar with a lot of Microsoft tools. And I even, before we even got the surfaces, I started using one of the tools that we're going to talk about today, which is Microsoft Teams. For those of you who are not familiar with Microsoft Teams, it is essentially a learning management software where it allows you to communicate and the students to communicate while also integrating other aspects of Microsoft's Office programs. For example, there's what's called a class notebook that's offered through OneNote, which we'll actually talk about in a little bit. There's uh, assignments that you can push out. You can create easy links to things. You can store things. So it's kind of a one-stop shop, if you will, for teaching software for kids, uh, essentially an environment to operate within. For those of you who might not be familiar, it's sort of like Google Classroom. I mean, it's a learning management software. I would say it's in between maybe a little more advanced than Google Classroom and not quite as, I'm not sure if advanced is the right word, but not quite as in-depth as a full-time learning management software like Canvas would be. So it falls in between those two extremes. And of course, being a Microsoft product, it's very good at integrating other Microsoft products. So if you are already in Office, you use a lot of Microsoft Word and PowerPoint, especially if you use those online versions of those products, uh, Microsoft 360, uh, Teams is a probably a good place to start, although I definitely have some issues with Teams and its implementation in the classroom. Before we get into those issues, though, I think we should start out by talking about the pros, the things we like about Teams. Okay. Um, some of the things, the first thing I wrote down that I really like about Teams is it does open up communication between you, the students. So if they did want to reach out, especially at a higher level, we teach middle school, so this doesn't really work out as well for us. But I could definitely see high school students who are more mature taking advantage of the ability to reach out, post a question in a general chat forum for a teacher to respond to, or a teacher even doing that, mm -hmm. and having students respond. Or directly, like uh, opening up their own private chat 
with other students to collaborate on things or with a teacher. So I think that communication is definitely, it could be considered a double-edged sword, but I think there is a definite benefit to that for people outside of us. Yeah, I mean, as a middle school teacher, I, I have to admit, this is not something that concerns me or I really care that much about. There are built-in chat features to Teams, if you're unfamiliar. There is sort of a channel chat where everyone in a class can chat. Uh, and as a teacher, you do have the ability to mute the children in that chat environment. You cannot, as far as we know, turn off the ability uh, for students to send chat messages to each other. And they could also send chat messages to the teacher, which can be useful sometimes, as Mike pointed out. But if you are concerned about messages being, of the kids sending messages to each other, you can't turn that off. It's become a very minor distraction in some of my classes. Because once the kids figure out they could send messages to each other in the middle school level, they will. Although I think the ki even at the middle school level, the kids are aware that it is a school environment and everything they're typing is recorded. So, like I said, a very minor distraction. If you are looking for a way to get a little bit of that free-flowing chat energy into your room, or if maybe if you're trying to do some sort of distance education where that could be extra useful, I mean, I think this is a nice, could be a nice feature. I do wish, I'm not saying I wish Microsoft removed it, although I do wish maybe they gave a little bit more granular control to educators. I think part of this comes out that, that Teams is really designed for businesses and then... Microsoft at some point decided this would be great for schools too. So there are, sometimes it feels like almost like some features are left over from the business side and don't work as well in the school side. And, you know, I think it is a continually improving product, but that's something I'd like to see. Yeah, I think uh, continually improving product and that transition, I think is going to be a theme for a lot of uh, the issues that we have. But uh, keeping going with uh, positives. I have a positive. Oh, do you? I do have a positive. I know uh, you might paint me as a negative Nelly towards this stuff, but I do have a positive. I actually think that the rubric creation tool in Microsoft Teams, so again, if you're not familiar, Microsoft Teams lets you make assignments, and for each assignment, you can uh, upload or just create on, this, on the software a custom rubric, and it's a very good rubric software. You can make your own custom rubrics. It's very easy to grade using them. Leave the students comments if you want, or just you know, punch in the numbers. You could balance out the points with both a point total and a percentage total. So if you kind of finagle those two numbers, you could kind of get each section of the rubric to be exactly what you want it to be. It's a little bit of a learning curve there, but I actually like it a lot. I use it sometimes even when the kids are doing pencil and paperwork. Uh, now I'll create a rubric in Microsoft Teams, assign that assignment to the students, and then they don't have to do anything. I'll just go and grade and submit their grades through Teams that way, even if they're not doing the work in Teams. Yeah, that was actually the next thing that I had, was not just the rubrics, but I think the whole assignment mm -hmm. uh, section I, is fantastic. I agree. I have that under my positives in my notes. Yeah. The, assignment, the assignment part of Teams is I think the best part of Teams. Yeah, they did a great job with that. Not only can you manage and distribute assignments to just specific kids, you could see who's turned it back in. They actually have a feature where students have to turn it in to you, although you can even open it if they haven't turned in to review progress or things like that. But the rubrics are fantastic. I love, I have a Microsoft service that I use in the classroom and having the touch screen on there with the rubric screen and being able to just touch the scores for each student as I look at their projects makes it it's easy it flows smooth I agree that's probably the best part of Microsoft Teams 
You also have the ability to add in comments. You could have students attach and upload files for the assignments. Lots of really good positive things there. In general, I like Teams. I mean, I don't know if we're ready to kind of switch gears, but of all the Microsoft products, well, at least the ones we're going to talk about today, I do like Teams. I, I, it's not that buggy. It's a little bit, there was a little bit of a learning curve to using it. I generally have really taken to it in my class. There are certain, some things I wish could be better, like collecting files. I mean, you can have, a, a student could turn in a file on an assignment, but then there's no easy way to just download all those files into a zip folder. You have to go one by one, which is a little bit slow and tedious. I wish they would make that a little bit better. Similar to what you were saying, um, I had some of the user interface could be better. Like things like you mentioned where you have to download files one at a time, navigating around, which they actually just did an update not that long ago that made that a little bit clearer. But I think there's still some room to grow there because there's a lot of different areas where there's menus or things to click and there's just a lot going on. I think a little bit of streamlining there would go a long way. Sometimes you feel like you're a little bit in a rushing nesting doll where you have a window and then you have another window and you have to kind of click down through a lot of things. Um, Definitely something that would work better on a bigger screen. <laughs> it gets a little cramped there. My next con was it, I wrote slow with about eight O's in it. Okay, yeah. Uh, it is not the speediest, quickest, snappiest performing software. And I understand why that is, and that is a difficult problem for Microsoft to fix because that is an infrastructure network kind of re redesign like almost the entire Microsoft platform to fix that. A lot of that has to do with how things connect and talk to each other on the back end. And I think what happened there was Microsoft realized that Google Classroom was taking off and it was a great product and they were kind of left sitting there playing catch up. So they had to rush to make something that would work. So having a quickly accessible like OneDrive synced up with Teams and OneNote and having that all talk to each other and work together, I feel like was a afterthought of how all those programs were individually designed. That makes it so that way when you're accessing data in OneNote from Teams, it's a slow transition. It's a slow process. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm saving some of my vitriol for OneNote. <laughs> But because I do have some serious problems with that with that program. But even OneNote aside, yeah, it's not just OneNote. It's how Teams connects with everything. Right. I, th I think it could be a lot snappier, but I think that's that might take a little while. Well, to to give like just a concrete example, I've learned that if I am going to distribute something to the students, uh, even something fairly simple that doesn't involve OneNote. I have to give myself about 20 minutes lead time. This is, you might think this is some, uh, because of the nature of just technology, you might just think you could click a button and it'll pop up on their screens. But actually it takes a little while. It's a little bit unpredictable. Sometimes it's pretty quick. Sometimes it's five minutes. I find 20 minutes is a safe buffer. I do think that it's 2020 and we could do a little bit better that we should just kind of be able to free flow that information and get that content out to the kids a little bit faster. I mean, it's not a huge, a huge problem, but it is a problem. Although when you start to integrate some of the other stuff, especially OneNote, it could slow down even more. Yeah. And the last con that I had for Teams is kind of like a summary of this. I think 
a lot of what we mentioned makes it kind of frustrating and could be difficult, especially for non-tech savvy teachers. Like I really spent some time thinking today, how difficult would it be to teach another teacher who's not really as tech savvy to use Teams? And it's not, I don't think it would be easy. Like I don't think it's something you could throw out there and just have them dive in and they would be successful out of the gate. I think there would be a lot of struggle there. Yeah. <laughs> um, because, and I think a lot of that comes back to what I said before with the user interface. Mm-hmm. That could be a lot more streamlined. And even I was like, I was nervous going in. I took, I did all of Microsoft's courses for Teams. I watched like videos, did tutorials. It ended up going fine, but I just didn't feel confident going in that because I didn't know what the kids were going to see versus what I saw. And I wasn't really sure what was going to come out of it. It took, and I consider myself to be a relatively tech savvy consumer. I mean, at one point I did have my own custom program learning management system. And it took me a while of really thinking about it and experimenting it with it before I was comfortable using teams. I think we just found out to the root of it, of all your vitriol. I think you're just jealous because their learning management system succeeded where yours didn't. <laughs> we solved it, everybody. That's it. One day we'll we'll tell the story of Clash Chatter. <laughs> We're not today. <laughs> um, it took me, like, I had to put serious. It was not something I could jump into and be like, 20 minutes later, be like, okay, I got this. I could start. It took me some serious setting up, experimenting, until I got comfortable with how it worked. And I think even more importantly, set up some sort of workflow for myself so I could understand how I could efficiently save information, create it, and then distribute it. It's not something you could just jump into and three days later be like, now my class is on Teams. If you do that, it's going to be a little rough. Yeah. And as teachers, I think Microsoft needs to really kind of understand we don't want to go in not knowing how something is going to work. We don't want to th- you know, throw the spaghetti at the wall and see if it sticks. We kind of want to have a really good idea before we go in that you know, this software is going to work this specific way and I'm going to be able to do this specific thing and there's not going to be any problems. Because if it doesn't, you're left standing there with nothing to show or do in front of a group full of 25 kids. And now you're like, okay, this isn't working what do I do? So that's a real bad spot. And that's really what every teacher tries to avoid doing. Yeah. And I mean, I know this is kind of a one-off thing where there was a one day where Microsoft just forgot to have some certificates updated and Microsoft Teams didn't work. So then you had to go and be ready to teach that day, even without, you know, whatever you had planned in Teams. But that's kind of a one-off thing, but it's little things like that. Teachers really don't like when you go to turn something on that you've planned and prepared for, and it just doesn't work. Speaking of not working, Microsoft OneNote. <laughs> Yikes. So you hate OneNote a lot more than I do. And I've used OneNote in a non-educational setting before. Okay. So I have some familiarity with it. I've never used it a lot. Like it, I was never mainstream on it because I never really needed a note-taking software. Mm-hmm. Uh, back when I was in college, we used this thing called Paper. Yes, it's Paper. crazy. Uh but the resolution on that, mind-blowing. Couldn't beat it. <laughs> couldn't beat it. 
So OneNote in the education setting, I don't think the issue is with OneNote as much as it is with the class notebook. But before we really go down that lane and we let you loose on OneNote, I do want to force you to say at least one good thing about OneNote. So I'll start off. I'll okay. Give you, I'll give you time to really dig down deep and okay. see if you can come to terms with it. But I do like how there's a lot of freedom to organize OneNote, how you see fit. Essentially, it really is like a blank canvas with lots of flexibility where you can create, you can insert a PDF, you can draw a picture, you can put up a chart, a graph, you can insert documents, um, you can insert links. It really is like the best version of a blank slate that Microsoft has come up with. And I think that gives you a lot of options as an educator for how to create an assignment. Well, I agree. So the positive about OneNote, and I think this is what makes OneNote so bittersweet for me. I actually love the idea of OneNote. When I was first trying to get into Teams in OneNote, I really wanted to make OneNote a big part of how I use Teams because the idea of this collaborative space that you also kind of had control over. You could create these notebooks for the kids and organize the information and they could fill it in so they would have all the scaffolding. That's great. I love that. The problem is it's very, very frustrating to use. So I guess we could talk about problems more, but I, I do like that. I, I mean, another positive about OneNote is the drawing tools. I mean, as we said, we have Microsoft Surfaces. So ideally we should be able to use the, um, we should be able to replace, I mean, in STEM, we do a lot of sketching, uh, brainstorming using, you know, simple sketches, and that should theoretically all be able to happen on the computer, right on OneNote. And it can, they, it works, we, but like I said, there are still some, some issues. But I do, like, I do like the idea of OneNote. I think if there was some sort of perfect OneNote that worked the way I want it to in my brain, I would, I'd love OneNote. I think it would be my favorite program. <laughs> I agree with you completely. That was literally my next bullet too, was drawing is great. It's fantastic. Even drawing with your finger. Uh, we've had students draw with their fingers. Uh, we've tried styluses before. I did a few experiments with kids with styluses. They didn't really like the touchscreen stylus, but yeah. drawing with their finger came out better than I would have anticipated. It's not like amazing. Yeah, for very simple sketches, I found as with Mike that draw the kids just drawing on a touchscreen with their finger in OneNote works fairly well. It's not going to get anything super complex, but they can communicate some simple simple sketches that way. Uh, Mike was saying with a actual just dumb stylus like a rubber tip stylus, that was actually more difficult for the students than just using their finger. So, I mean, if you have a, uh, just like a regular touchscreen without, what do you even call those things? Like the good styluses, do they have a name? Pens. Pens. They're like e-pens, digital yeah, pens. Without a digital pen, uh, you know, any sort of e-ink pen, then we found just having the kids use their finger works pretty well, decently. All right, so let's start talking about the cons. Okay. I think where you're going to go, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, is your biggest con is where OneNote really ties into the classroom, and that's with the Class Notebook infrastructure. Class Notebook, for those of you who aren't familiar with it, is sort of a way to create a OneNote notebook. So uh, OneNote itself creates a system where you have a notebook, which can be divided into section, and each section has pages. So it's like a digitalized version of like a binder. Mm -hmm. 
the class notebook is a way where you should be able to create a digital binder to distribute to a class of students. And I believe this was what well, the precursor to Teams was. And now they're kind of at a point where they're integrating the class notebook into Teams because I think the class notebook kind of fell short on its own of what teachers wanted, and they saw an opportunity to kind of combine Teams and class notebook together. Yeah, I mean, this is a whole nother issue, but 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 OneNote has some classroom management tools built into it, which is your class notebook, and those kind of integrate separately, but in some cases, but with Teams in other cases, which again, that whole workflow thing is a little bit confusing. I have a few issues. First, it's a very unclear and confusing how the notebook is organized when you first get into it. Once you learn it, of course, you know it. When you create a class notebook, every student will get a notebook. That's pretty clear. Okay, each kid has a notebook. There's also your notebook, and there's also sort of just like public classroom notebook, and sometimes the difference between those things is not clear. Once you kind of learn that organization, because it's not very well explained anywhere that I saw, you kind of got it and you can move on. I think the bigger problem is sort of the way notebooks are distributed, organized. So I guess this has something to do with Microsoft's platform and how the whole software is built. I'm not super concerned with that as a consumer, but let's say I'm making some sort of curriculum for my students. I have to make that somewhere else not in my class notebook. So what I actually did is create a whole nother class that doesn't have any kids in it where I could create curriculum. But then if I want to distribute that curriculum to my students, I then have to, there's these things called cross notebook distribution and copying, pasting. And it's a little bit frustrating because you just kind of want to make something once and let someone see it. You published it somewhere, but instead you have to end up managing all these various copies of the notebooks. Like if I make a project, you know, for let's say bridges, I end up with like five bridges copies of my notebook and then you have to manage all that. And it's not only is the just number of notebooks you have to manage gets kind of frustrating, but then it's so slow. So when we talk about lead time uh, for like distributing pages, 20 minutes, I found lead time for distributing a notebook. So like if I make a curriculum and then I want to give it to all my students, put it into their class notebook, a day. I have to do it the night before to, for me to reliably know that it will be in their notebook the next day. And that's just crazy. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you on a lot of the really slow slow for distribution but even that i could plan far enough ahead of time where i can deal with that my biggest issue was actually well i have two bigger issues for me that really turned me off of the OneNote class notebook one of them is the history and going back and changing a older version or recalling an older version to fix edits is horrible it might save one copy a day, sometimes two. But if a student does something and they close that notebook, the odds of them being able to undo that mistake or accidentally deleting something is not great. 
Uh, and I think that's across all of Microsoft's products is they really need to save more copies of older versions. Uh, if you go to like Google Docs, you can, there's, you know, maybe like 10, 12 versions, you know, if you edit a file over, you know, a couple days. In mm-hmm. OneNote, I've seen kids uh, over two days have maybe two different versions, one of them being the original one that was distributed and one that they edited at some point or saved before closing the day before. Well, <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, this brings up a whole my whole other gripe. The saving is incredibly unreliable for a product in 2020. I have the kids keep a daily log in OneDote. Uh, it's their do nows. And they'll type stuff that won't appear when they, you know, they'll type in their do nows, they'll log off their computers, and the next day it won't be there. And then sometimes the next day, it won't be there for five minutes, but then it will just five minutes after they log in and they're typing their next day's post, it then appears. It takes that long for it to sync back up. And, you know, the kids aren't used to that. I'm not used to that. They're used to using Google Docs, which has been around for God knows how many years, where they type something and it's instantly on, you know, it's instantly saved and it's instantly there. And OneNote just doesn't do that. And it's a little bit clunky. I haven't had as many complaints in the last couple weeks, which is another weird thing about OneNote. Again, as a consumer, I guess I shouldn't have to worry about this, but like, it seems to have good weeks and bad. I don't know if that's something on our district's IT or Microsoft, but there is a little bit of that going on too. Yeah, I, I see the same things where some days it does load up quicker than others. I have a feeling that might be a little bit of both, but I can't honestly say if it's one heavily or the other. My last issue with OneNote is I don't like that you can't lock a page and have the students just add something on top of that. Okay. Uh, For example, I've pushed out assignments before where essentially it's a PDF embedded into the OneNote page. Okay of like a Word document or something like that. When they get that page, they can actually delete that embedded Word document where I would like them to not be able to make any changes to the original part, but only add on top of it. Okay, yeah. Once you distribute out a page to the students, it gets basically copied over and over again into each of their notebooks, and it's theirs at that point. So OneNote gives them complete control over that file. So if they're doing an assignment, you know, they could delete by accident or on purpose the questions or the, you know, information you have in there, which is a little bit frustrating. Along those same lines, once you distribute it out to them, it's theirs. So I think to kind of summarize here, uh, Teams, a lot of positive there. A few letdowns works a little slow, but I think in general, would recommend, especially since it's something that's going to be tied in with a lot of schools' Microsoft accounts. Mm-hmm. So your school wouldn't have to dish out any money. Usually, as long as they have it enabled, uh, you should be able to just use it without having to get anything installed because you can use it as a web address or you can just install. Uh, essentially, it's a web version onto your desktop. Right. So I really enjoy Teams. Uh, I, I'm excited to see the changes that are coming down the pipe. And I think OneNote, you really don't like OneNote. I, you know, I want to like OneNote. (laughs) I I just, I see the best in it and I really want it to be better. I think we're in the same, we're kind of in the same place. Kind of, yeah. I actually think I might use OneNote more than you. You build a lot of your uh, assignments around like 
Microsoft Word, mm -hmm. and I do most of my assignments in OneNote. If I had to give a recommendation to somebody, unless they really wanted to dedicate a lot of time to setting up a class, I would recommend Microsoft Teams. Give it a try. But build your curriculum, your online curriculum, around basically the Office products. Microsoft Forms, Microsoft Word documents, and the assignments part of Teams works very well. It integrates perfectly with those things. And I very slowly use the class notebook, maybe starting off as literally just a note page for the students and then building it up slowly if you are comfortable with that. Because that is a little clunky. I, I can't say it's not. Now, one thing I would like is to hear other people's experiences with Teams and the OneNote class notebook. Uh, I see things sometimes on Twitter, but I haven't really like talked to anybody or had anybody complain. Or A lot of it I see is what Microsoft actually retweets. So I don't think that's a necessarily fair and honest picture uh, <laughs> of how teachers feel about OneNote. So if, if you agree with us, if you disagree with us, uh, if you have best practices, if you figured out workarounds for problems that we have, we'd love to hear it. Facebook.com slash TechEdTechPodcast or on Twitter at TechEdTechPod. Yeah, let's, let's get the conversation started. I would really like to hear from some people who are listening to the podcast. That's all we have for this week. Thanks for listening. If you want to help support the podcast, the best thing you could do is give us a rating and review on iTunes. There's a link to our iTunes page on the top of our website, TechEd.Technology. While you're there, you can find more information about the show, including contact info, links to our social media, as well as project ideas you can use in the classroom. Speaking of social media, we'd love to hear your ideas, thoughts, and reactions to what we discussed. You can reach out to us on our social media platforms, facebook.com slash techedtechpodcast, or on Twitter at techedtechpod. Today's show was created and produced by me, Mike Lasher, and Dan DeLuca. We'll see you in two weeks for our next episode on using devices in the classroom.